you know, he did nothing wrong. Um, you know, I did nothing wrong. It was just a freak accident. Um, you know, the one in a million kind of thing. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. And Karen, as usual, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Main and Tail, Karen. Only the best. Only the best. We love Main and Tail. You know, we always talk about all the different horse products that Main and Tail puts out, but you know what? They do have a full line of beauty products for you and me, Karen. They sure do. So, do you have a favorite product that you'd like to use for Main and Tail? I think... I would have to say it's the hair strengthener. The hair strengthener. I've yeah. definitely seen that on your beauty counter. I, yeah, I, I love using it. I, I, I tell you what, it it really has strengthened my hair. I have less uh, split ends, and it's actually, I I get a little thin in certain areas, and it's actually been growing. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, I always love your hair, but I know you've always had. I've always, I know you've always complained about you know your your hair being a little thin and you're always picking at your splins and all that stuff so and i see you using this and i do see an improvement so let's hear all about it karen so it is a daily protective and fortifying leave-in treatment for stronger healthier hair uh, it nourishes and repairs it provides essential protection to help prevent split ends protects hair strands from heat and chemical styling which i do a lot i do a lot of that <laughs> provides additional moisturizing and conditioning protection it is alcohol free and it's safe and gentle for all hair types. That's wonderful. So, like I say, I know you've been using it and you love it. And we asked the folks over at Tail, hey, can we talk about the, the, the beauty products? Because they are so fantastic. So, uh, because the audience, the horses aren't listening, Karen. <laughs> no, they're not. You know what I mean? It's the people. So, uh, I use the products, you use the products. So, we're going to start, you know, mixing in some, some of the beauty products mm-hmm. in, uh, along with uh, the horse care line. So, uh, check it out at maintenantail.com if you want to learn more about the products. And uh, we just got to say thanks again to Main and Tail for all their support over the years. Keep your horse dry this rainy season with the Rain Turtle by Turtleneck. Like all turtleneck blankets, they have the patented stretch features that keep the blanket snug in all the right places, Karen. It has the free spare parts kit including the belly straps and the leg straps. And the extra detachable fleece collar. Yes, it does. Comes in sizes from 62 to 86 and has a three-year waterproof warranty. Wow, that's amazing. So to learn more for sizing and temperature guidelines, go to turtleneck.biz. Summer is here, so you know what that means. Sundresses, shorts, And if you want to stand out this summer, check out the Fairfax and Favor Valencia Wedge Sandal. They're super cute. They come in four different colors, black, tan, navy, and mango. And they have a padded insole, so they're super comfortable. You can wear them all day long. And you can dress them up, dress them down. It doesn't matter. You're going to look great and feel great wearing them. So check out the Valencia Wedge Sandal by going to fairfaxandfavor.com. Trish Scott has got us covered and she can cover you too. So you've been hearing over the past few weeks how after interviewing Trish on the show, we realized how we were underinsured. Well, we fixed that. Um, Through email, we were able to send Trish our current insurance documentation 
and have a discussion about our assets that we need to have covered. She asked some really smart questions. We gave her the best answers we could, and she figured it all out, put everything together, and, and adjusted our policies and set us all back up with a brand new policy and is saving us money. She could do the same thing for you. So give Trish a call at 484-319-8923. It's super easy. You could do it all by phone and through email. And Trish is fantastic. She's a horsewoman. She knows the needs of the horse person as well as just the average everyday home auto life health insurance type of thing. So give her a call, 484-319-8923. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, yeah. Triple Crown, big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have tons of of great products out there, Mm -hmm. premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. TripleCrownFeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. TripleCrownFeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have a great feed comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And Rob's super excited about today's guest. Yes, ma'am. So we love our West Coast eventers. Yes. So we don't have enough on camera. No, we don't. But, but we're working on that. We have Amber Bertzel on today. Welcome to the show, Amber. Welcome, Amber. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, super. Yeah. We've got a shout out Very our friend excited. Frankie, our mutual friend Frankie hooked yeah, us up. Yes. From, uh, Frankie Terriot Studes from Athletics. Yep. And she made the connection. So that's what we need. We need more people on the West Coast. You know, saying, hey, don't forget us, you know, so remind us every once in a while. So. <laughs> but Amber, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. This, thank is, this you. is really, really cool. Um, we know you're on the West Coast or are a West Coaster. Are you there now? Can you tell us a little bit about where, where you're coming to us from right now? I am. I actually uh, just walked in my house. I'm uh, here in my office. Um, my husband and I, we live here on property of our new farm, Cellar Farm. Cellar Farm. Nice. Very cool. Did you name the farm or was it named Cellar when you moved in? We named it. It's uh, in Sonoma County in Petaluma. It's on Bodega Avenue and Bodega means cellar, like a wine cellar. Oh, oh. very cool. Oh, that's, that's neat. Yeah. I love when people have smart names. Yeah. I'm never clever enough to come up with something <laughs> smart like that. You know? <laughs> One day I'll grow up and I'll actually come up with cool names. So. Very cool. Well, we're so glad to, 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 to talk to you and get the whole West Coast thing because um, we need more of that. Karen. Yes, we do. So, and there's so many great West Coasters. So Yeah. So, Amber, we always love to start the show with your story. So can you take us back and how you got your start in riding? Yes, I actually grew up in the hunter-jumper world. Um, so my mom bought riding lessons for my older sister and I. It was a silent auction. I was four, my sister was five, um, and she had no idea what she was getting herself into. (laughs) Um, I definitely stuck with it and then grew up riding with Diane Grodd and then Susie Hutchinson um, until I was 18. And I worked for Susie a little bit and then ended up moving to Northern California and worked for a couple big hunter-jumper barns up here. And then actually I started eventing when I was 18. 
Jenny Brannigan and John Michael Durr were good friends of mine. And they were constantly asking me to come to an event and give it a shot. Um, And I told them they were absolutely crazy because those gems don't fall down. And, um, and that I would never do that. And then I was 18 and I decided it was a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I would go, uh, to events on the weekends and take my vacation with my horse from my day job, essentially at the hunter jumper barns and started eventing. Um, so I then worked for chocolate horse farm here in Petaluma um, and rode for Andrea Pfeiffer for uh, nine years. Um, and then in, I guess it was 2021, the beginning of that year, I started my own farm here and my husband and I bought the property here. And we are in the process of putting in an indoor and a big barn and everything um, wow. for uh, me to grow a business here in Petaluma. Wow. Now you kind of glance over a little bit of your resume there a little bit because you were not just a hunter jumper. I mean, you were riding at the top of the sport. You were riding Grand Prix. If, if that is, if that is not correct. Yes, yes. I made the young rider team for Zone Ten, which is like Area Six. Um, the Jumper World does zones, um, so I made the young rider team. Unfortunately, um, I had my appendix out the night before I was supposed to leave for young riders, so I didn't quite make it. Um, the recovery was a little longer than a day, um, so so that was unfortunate. Um, but I did my last three junior years. I went back east and did all the big medal finals and the USCT finals. Um, did a little bit of the hunters, but mainly the big jumpers and equitation, um, before I transitioned over to thinking eventing was a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So can I ask you a question? I, 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 I only know of like local hunters and I own the show a lot. I, I kind of poo poo hunters a little bit. I love the jumpers, but the hunters kind of, at least around our way, the local hunters grind my gears a little bit. And there's a lot of things that I I don't care for in, 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 and maybe it's just the local hunter scene, not the big time hunter scene, but how does the hunters and jumpers overlap? Like how, how do, is that, a, is that a silly question to say that? Because the hunters is all about pace and, and the, having the right amount, exact amount of strides. Everyone's doing the same amount of striding and, and, and all those type of things. And I do believe the hunters are good for a really good quality equitation and good mm-hmm. seat and things like that. But then how does that translate into the jumpers where there's speed rounds and things like that? Like how do they go hand in hand so much? I would say the hunters definitely teach you how to uh, be very precise Um, I know when I started eventing, um, cross country helped me in the hunter ring a ton, (laughs) um, as funny as it was, um, going cross country, it taught me to believe in the step I had, you know, you're not going to make these huge setups to all these big tables. Um, you know, you have to know that you have a great canter, a great gallop, and and just keep it and just believe in it and and trust it. And it's a little bit the same in the hunter ring. You know, you can't all of a sudden choke the last three strides and then run down the line. You know, it may work in the jumper ring, but the hunter ring, equitation ring, you know, it's just not it's not gonna work. It's not what they're looking for. Um, so 
I got a kick out of the fact that my cross country riding translated into the hunter ring. Cause at the time I worked for a mainly hunter barn, um, you know, and I didn't really grow up doing a ton of the hunters. Um, but I had the equitation and the discipline of that, um, which I know helped my big jumpers a ton. Um, so I would say, you know, the, the hunter world is not really for me. You know, one of the main reasons I went with the eventing is because I love the horsemanship. I love the world and the people and the community um, and all of that, you know, is what really drew me to ultimately choosing the event world over, you know, staying in the hunter jumper world. Um, but I can definitely say I have a healthy appreciation for, you know, the hunter jumpers and equitation um, and how it, it really did help my riding for sure. Wow. Hmm. Well, who would have thought that Karen? Yeah. Who would have thought cross country would help your hunter? I know, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sometimes I ask these questions and I say to myself, I sound like a real dummy, but then we get a smart answer. So again, we get there smart people on the show who can really help elevate me that my go. question wasn't so dumb. There so you go. Thank you for not saying that's a dumb question, Rob. Move on. Next question. <laughs> so do, do you, so it sounds like you do feel that the hunter community isn't quite that there is a difference in the, in the, in the, in the communities. Yes. I mean, definitely. I would say the, the top of the sport in any of the disciplines will be very different, you know, so the top of the sport in the hunter ring, I'm sure is very different from like your local hunter circuit, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and not to say there's not, you know, good people in the local circuit and all of that. Um, but the, you know, the, the top of the sport in, in the hunter ring, I can definitely have a, a healthy respect for. Wow. How about that? Very cool. It's interesting. Yeah. I talk to people and, and my, my problem, I'll just kind of say this, my little problem with the, with the local hunter thing is the, and I don't know if this is a everywhere thing or just the way it's done around here, but like they, uh, I don't care for when a judge kind of chooses someone before they ever even enter the ring or they enter the ring and then they just decide this person's out. I don't like this horse or this rider and they don't look at on the rest of the time. I don't care for that. And it's sometimes I it's, think you're used to seeing the judge in the middle of the ring yeah, and the just outside. turning their back. Yeah, on well, I do. I, guess. I definitely don't like that. I definitely don't think a judge yeah. should be in the middle of a and ring. And we see that a lot at the local. It's silly. It's silly. Mm-hmm. And they turn their back. On. And then I also don't like, and I don't know if this is just a local thing, but I don't like it when they make all the riders line up. And then they do awards like in the middle of the ring. And then you see like they're getting to the very end and everyone's got their ribbons. And then there's like the kid with the dumpy horse and then the kid with like the super nice horse that they had good money into this horse. And it's like, okay, one of these people got a blue ribbon. The other person got nothing. And they're, they're made to like stand in this ring while awards are being given out. And everyone knows they lost. They're like the worst in the whole ring. I mean, no, but I'm saying that's the perception is you have this person who this kid that tried their heart out and they're usually on like some lesson horse or something. That's not the, you know, it's 20 years old and it's like, geez, they got to sit there next to this person who they know won. Everyone knows who won and they got to sit there and suffer through losing in front of everybody so publicly. And I know, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of character can come from that too, but I think it can also shatter some spirits. So just in case anyone yes, ever thinks yeah. that I am a jerk for, 
doing or not. I think they're, they can do a better job. I don't know. If, I'm sure that's not how it is at the big hunters and all that, but at the local stuff, it's like, how do you get to the big hunters if your local hunter show is treating people that way? But I digress. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's not about me. <laughs> it's about Amber Karen. Stop talking. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, so, so now, and then you spent, when you got into eventing, so thank you. That's very cool. Jenny Brannigan and JM, JM. Durr. Very cool people. We've had those guys on. Actually, we got to get Jenny on again one day. Yes, we do. Newly engaged, by the way. Congrats, Jenny, if you're listening. Um, mm-hmm. So, how when you got over to the uh, eventing world, did you have to pretty much? Did you have a transition where you were doing hunter jumpers and eventing, and then slowly transition, or and then it eventually just took over eventing full time? And then you said you worked for like nine years before you went out on your own, can you tell us like a little bit about that decision to stay so long and, and, and how that transition happened and, and your, your working time, were you like an assistant trainer? Were you a working student for nine years? Like how did that work? Yeah. So, um, the horse that I started eventing with was, um, a horse I actually got on a trade. Um, I had, um, traded a horse with Don Stewart, who's, um, a big trainer on the East coast. um, and I ended up with this chestnut horse, Nantucket Red, um, who was kind of a jack of all trades, master of none, um, you know, would kind of go in the jumper ring, go in the equitation ring, in the hunter ring. Um, a nice horse, but wasn't, didn't really excel at any one particular uh, ring, essentially, in the hunter jumper world. Um, he was super brave. So I told them, uh, Jenny and JM, you know, if I'm going to event or go cross country schooling or jump a log on the ground, um, I'll do it with this horse. You know, he's super safe. He's really brave. Um, so I did my first event and I went training level with him. Um, and he ended up going advanced, um, uh, you know, a couple years down the road. And the whole time I had him, I worked for, a big hunter jumper barn up here, uh, Sonoma Valley stables. It was Hope and Ned Glenn at the time. Um, so I would work for them all day, uh, go to some hunter jumper shows and work for them. I would bring Nantucket along to keep him fit and do trot sets and, and all of that, you know, early in the morning or end of the day at the shows. Um, And while I worked for them the last six months, I started working at Chocolate Horse um, as a rider. Um, And they were both full-time jobs, essentially. So it came down to, I had to choose Hunter Jumper World or Event World. And I chose the Event World, hands down. Um, I was definitely hooked, (laughs) to say the least. Um, so then I worked, um, up there for nine years, uh, doing all the riding. Um, so I used to ride 15, 16 horses a day, um, and show eight, nine, 10 horses at the events. Um, and super fun, you know, learned a ton, got a ton of experience. Uh, and then my husband and I bought some property and, uh, the last couple of years I worked there, I had done a lot of sales, um, bringing horses in. I have a good friend in Holland. Uh, so buying young horses there, bringing them in, uh, doing some showing and such, and then selling horses on, you know, young rider horses, some nice young horses, keeping some for myself. 
and that kind of thing. So I wanted to be able to do more of that for sure. Um, and be able to focus some more on my riding and where I want to go with it. Um, you know, and I've had advanced horses over the last few years, but really kind of taking that on some more and being able to spend more time focusing on that, uh, is kind of what I was after. And now with construction and, um, all of that, it's, it's definitely kept me busy to say the least. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So getting, getting to ride and compete all those horses, you know, it's just, it's nice to know these riding opportunities are out there for people out there, you know, if they don't, if they don't feel ready to go out on their own and and so forth. I mean, sounds like a great opportunity. You had tons of saddle time for sure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Tons and tons of saddle time enough to go around for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) How long did a pair of riding boots last you out there? Don't ride that many horses um, Usually I would have a couple of pairs and rotate through. Every couple of months, one pair was off to get stitching or something fixed before I just absolutely disintegrated them. <laughs> I think that's a badge of honor. When I see someone run around, they got those ratty boots yeah. and those holes in the seat. Yeah. Their socks through <laughs> Toes the, are sticking out. Toes are sticking out. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, man, that is some riding there. Holy smokes. Uh now, so you said 21, you bought your property with your husband. Uh, 21 was a big year for you. Like you even had a horse, you won Young Van horse. I mean, so tell us about your 21 because it had lots of highs, lots of lows. So can you take us through your 2021? Yeah. So um, we actually bought the property a year and a half prior to that. And um, I moved uh, my horses and business here. Um, the spring of 2021, um, my, uh, advanced horse Sinzano won the four long. It was the first one that they had run in the spring here at Twin Rivers, which is in Paso Robles. Um, so he won that. And then two days later, I was able to move the horses here. I have more of like a temporary type barn that we were able to put up at the very top of the hill. So it's actually just above my house um, because we're on 80 acres. So at the top of the hill, I have the horses and a schooling cross country course right now. And it's at the bottom of the hill that we have the indoor going in, the actual barn is being built and all of that right now. Um, So, um, so yeah, so we were able to operate here, which was great. Um, that was definitely a, a dream come true for sure to be able to bring the horses here. Um, and then yes, I had, uh, the five-year-old Lex D won the five-year-old young event horse at the end of the year. Um, which was super fun. I love the young event horse program and bringing horses, you know, through the four and five-year-olds and I try and support it every year. Um, they run the finals now at Twin Rivers, which is in Paso Robles, the Baxters, and they do a fabulous job. They do it as a standalone event now, which is so much fun and it's great for the West Coast. So I love to support that. Um, and then I had planned to do the four long at Galway, which I did just not quite as successfully. Um, I had a freak accident there, um, and ended up in the hospital down in Southern California for a month and in a wheelchair for three months. 
Um, so I just started walking earlier this year. So in February of 2022, I started walking again. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to pry, but I mean, it, 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 could we, I mean, it could, could, it, you, would you, could you share some of what happened and what your injuries were? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't remember a single thing, um, which is definitely the way to go because I, I have no fear about it. So when I started riding again, um, I just did my first event back last week at twin rivers. Um, and you know, leaving the start box, all of it, no fear, because like I said, I, I barely even remember that morning. Um, so we were at Galway, um, and my horse was going really well. Um, when he jumped into the first water, there was an issue with the, the bank, um, the jump actually moved kind of out from under him. And then when he jumped the next jump, um, the, some of the stakes had come out of the ground and it threw him off balance essentially. And it was just unfortunate, you know, he did nothing wrong. Um, you know, I did nothing wrong. It was just a freak accident. Um, you know, the one in a million kind of thing, Mm -hmm. um, that will probably never happen again. And, um, you know, I was, Definitely unlucky, but lucky in the fact that I didn't land on my back. Um, I landed on my right side and he came down on my left side. So it basically, it smushed me kind of like an accordion. Um, Instead of if I'd fallen on my back and he'd come down on the front of me, I would have had a lot more internal bleeding and stuff like that. Um, So from that, I had, it's called an open book pelvic fracture. Um, They call it an earthquake injury because it's a major crush injury. So you break the front of your pelvis and the back and you displace it. So there's nothing really connecting you at all. Um, And then I broke both my hips and the joint. Um, And they took me to the hospital there. Um, You know, they, they do all this on the live stream, which is great. And ride on video on the West Coast does an amazing job with it. Um, and my husband loved being able to watch on the live stream. It was just really unfortunate because he was in Kuwait watching on the live stream when all this happened. Um, and being the person that he is, he didn't want to reach out to anybody that was close to me when it happened because he knew that they would all be trying to help me. So he just, uh, patiently waited uh, for an hour or two until somebody was able to reach out and tell him, you know, what was happening, that I was at the hospital. Um, you know, they did all these diagnostics and determined that I needed to have emergency surgery to stop, um, the internal bleeding that I did have and to just essentially try and put a couple of screws in to semi stabilize me. Um, So my mom was able to fly in and be there the next morning. Um, You know, in the meantime, I had uh, the gal that works for me, Gracie, and uh, a good friend of mine, Libby. uh, And they had traveled to all the big events with me last year. And um, they were, you know, took care of the horses. Libby was with me until my mom was able to get there. 
Um, two days later, I was transferred to a trauma center in San Diego. And the following week, I had three surgeries there. They did it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they were all 10 to 12 hour surgeries to um, repair all the damage. So like the first day repaired the front of my right side. The second day was the back of my right side. And the third day was my entire left side. Um, So I am a whole lot of screws and plates and pins. I don't even know how many I have, Mm. Um, but I am very firmly put back together. And um, like I said, I was down, I was at Sharp for, I think it was three and a half weeks um, before I was able to come home. My husband was able to come there. My mom was able to send a Red Cross message to him, which uh, is like an emergency alert that brings him home saying that, you know, there's been a family emergency. So it took him 10 days, but he was able to come home. um, And my mom was able to stay with me in the hospital and the whole staff and everybody at Sharp, the nurses that work on the trauma floor, they are amazing, amazing people. Um, what they see and deal with and put up with day in and day out. They, they're true gems of this earth, <laughs> I have to say. Um, so they were absolutely amazing. Um, it was incredible to be able to come home. You know, we had the hospital bed. I had to learn to do the wheelchair. Um, you know, it was like I said, three months in a wheelchair, don't even let your feet hit the ground. Um, you know, it was, we, we built this house, we redid it as our forever home. And so the plan was always single story, you know, we'll grow old here. Um, and you know, we were, I guess, smart in the fact that we did that. We just utilized the whole wheelchair aspect about 40 years too soon. Um, but it, it, it was nice to be able to come home and, you know, not have to go to a rehab center or something like that. Um, so, so, so that was definitely nice. Wow. At the time were they, what was your, um, prognosis for being able to ride again? Was it, was it kind of like, Hey, you'll be able to ride, you know, just take a little bit of time. I never asked. Um, I was very much, Um, and I, there's certain things like at the hospital, you know, it's amazing what your brain can do. It just blocks things out. Um, you know, so I know I was in a lot of pain, um, but I don't really remember that. Um, you know, I remember the surgeon coming in and talking here and there, but I kind of blocked a lot of it out as kind of strange as that sounds. Um, you know, so I had people asking me while I was in the hospital, you know, when are you coming home? When can you ride? When can you walk? I'm like, I don't know. My world is teeny tiny right now. And that's the only way I can mentally survive it essentially um, was how I looked at it was, you know, it needs to be super positive. I live for the really small moments and I live day to day. Um, You know, I am going to get out of here. I am going to go home. I am going to walk again. I am going to ride again. But as far as a timeline, I have no idea. I said, I just need to go day to day until I get to three months. And when I get to three months and they tell me I can stand up, I'll go day to day and, you know, go from there. Um, Because they had said a year or two until 
I could like fully walk and stuff. They said it was going to take a really long time. Um, So I started walking February 1st and I think it was five weeks later I got on a horse. I got on Zane, um, my advanced horse Um, in the round pen. I have like a little round pen um, up by my barn. Um, so I know I was super weak, you know, learning to walk and, you know, all of that. Um, but I knew if I could get on a horse that it would help me walk better. Um, I've got like some nerve damage and stuff in my foot. Um, they think it's a, a crushed nerve, most likely from the initial injury and impact. So that may or may not fully recover. Um, you know, I won't know for a year or two. Um, but you know, I can walk, I don't walk perfectly, but I, I walk pretty close to perfect. (laughs) You know, I definitely work at it every day, but the way I looked at it was they had therapy horses for a reason, you know, and if I could just get on a horse, um, it would be great for me mentally. And I knew that, my muscle memory would come back so much faster because for the last, I don't know how many years I've spent more of my life on the back of a horse than I have walking on my own two legs. So I said, walking is going to be foreign to me, but if I can just get on a horse, then I'll, I'll be able to do it. Um, so it was actually, um, the Voltaire rep, um, Chloe, who's a good friend, um, and sponsor. She brought me, the saddle stand, you know, the solid saddle stands you see all the saddle companies with at the big events. Um, she brought me theirs and put it in front of the mirror for me and put a saddle on it. And I would, I would practice getting on and off of it every day. Um, just because I didn't want to get on a horse and be in so much pain and not be able to get off. I wanted to know what it felt like and, I wanted to know that I could swing my leg up and over like that. Um, so I would practice doing it several times a day. And my husband would find me down in our little exercise room, sitting in front of the mirror in a saddle <laughs> um, until I felt. And then I, once I knew that I was ready, I called my friend Libby and was like, okay, I, I think I'm ready. You know, let's, let's do it tomorrow. So she came up and uh, helped me get on for the first time and would come up every morning before she'd go to work so that I could ride my horse in the round pen. Um, and, and just got better and better from there. Wow. Mm. That is amazing. Yeah, sure is. Wow. Goodness. Well, you're not, you know, you weren't too rusty though. What you, you scored what, uh, what last week you got a 19.2 in dressage. <laughs> yes. Not too shabby. <laughs> not too shabby. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's incredible. What yeah, an incredible that's comeback. Amazing. Mm. Wow. I don't even know what to say, you know? And and how about what's the hardest part of coming back? What was the hardest part of the running uh, or like the not at the running the the riding part? What was was any one phase harder than the rest? No, I would say like my strength still isn't at one hundred and ten percent from when I fell. Um, I think my saving grace when I fell was that I was so incredibly fit. Um, you know, I rode 
you know, every day for the most part. And I go to these classes. Um, it's at the studio. It's called Yoga Hell. Um, so they do, <laughs> I know it's, it's a great place. They do Bikram yoga and they do infernal hot Pilates. So I was going there five days a week and it helped my riding a ton, not only physically, but just, just mentally. Um, it's such a positive, at, encouraging atmosphere. Um, so you know, the, the minute that I could get back there and I could even do just one squat, <laughs> um, I was back there like in March or April, um, doing classes again. And, you know, they're, they're great, you know, just modify everything. You know, if you lay in the corner, at least you're here. I'm like, well, I'm not going to lay in the corner. I have to do something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm back to going, you know, I try and go five days a week, um, to some sort of class. Um, if nothing but for the the positive energy and and everything that they they have there um you know and and building my strength i go to pt once a week i just got home from actually pt just now um and i have a stationary bike um that i ride most mornings it just makes me a whole lot looser in the mornings um you know so i try and work at the strength every day um you know, I, th- I think that is definitely my biggest obstacle is how fast you lose your muscle, you know, when you can't move at all. You know, I mean, even like the first month, month and a half, I mean, I couldn't even move my legs. Um, you know, so my legs were like as big as my arms, um, which is amazing that it happens that fast. And, you know, I used my legs and my muscles for 30 some years. How could it, how can it just go away so fast? And then it takes so long to get back. Um, you know, but if you just chip away at it every day and I just, when I get a little bit mentally frustrated, I just have to remind myself, you know, look what you couldn't even do like last week. You know, I can, I can lift my leg that much higher. You know, it's getting easier and easier to get on and off. I don't need as tall a mounting block as I did. Um, you know, I don't have to think so hard about swinging my right leg up and over, you know, I know that I'm going to get clearance, you know, over the back of the saddle every time now, you know, so just thinking about all the little things, you know, as far as the, the riding itself, um, it, it feels almost normal, you know, as far as I don't feel like as stiff as I did. You know, when I sat in the saddle the first time, I was like, wow, nothing moves. <laughs> um, you know, there, it just, it felt like somebody was just like constantly sitting on my pelvis and my hips and everything. Um, you know, but now it, it feels, it, it feels almost back to normal where it, it just feels a lot looser and uh, more natural, which is, you know, what I'm used to. I've, I've done it for, for so long that, um, so much of it is just second nature at this point. Um, so I definitely feel like that part feels really good. It's just building strength and, you know, every single day. Wow. Mm, well, definitely no one will ever accuse you of not working hard at getting <laughs> back. That's for sure. You are. <laughs> but you know, and that's, I mean, I, I think that's obviously you're doing, you're doing everything you can. I mean, clearly you're taking care of yourself in every possible way before mm-hmm. and now in the recovery. So, well, that's, man terrible yeah. horrible to hear story but it's great to see 
that you're back and you're doing so well. And how did you end up finishing over the weekend? So you had that great dressage score. Did you make it through all the jumpings and everything? I did. You know, my goal was to just leave the box and have a canner around and do some sightseeing and go through the finish and have everybody in my village just take a nice big deep breath. (laughs) Um, So I, I think we finished fifth. Um, and definitely crossing the finish and Gracie and Libby were there and talking to my husband and my mom on the phone and everybody just, you know, took a breath, you know, cause they all lived through it. I lived through it in a very different way in my head, you know? So like I said, to me, I had no fear about it. I, you know, had a big smile on my face going around the whole time. Um, and I had a ton of fun. Um, and for the rest of them, I, I think they were all on gastroguard. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing yeah. that very, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a inspirational story. It is inspirational. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I hope people listening just understand that, you know, we're not trying to, you know, this is real life eventing here and, you know, you're sharing not only your story of how it happened, but also your recovery and the work it took and, but it was possible and I'm sure, I'm sure there were dark days, but, uh, way to go. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, woof. Thank you. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and we, we really do appreciate that. And hopefully people at home appreciate that as well. So, mm-hmm. so now on the, on the, you know, moving past that, you've talked a lot about the home and the barn and all that. So tell us a little bit about your business and your farm. So you're building a new, new, uh, a new uh, barn and indoor mm-hmm. and things like this. Can you tell us a little bit about the facilities and then what, uh, what you guys do there? Are you into sales or training or coaching or what, what do you do? Or do you just ride your own horses and go? How, how's uh, how, what's seller farm all about? Yeah. So right now, um, you know, with my accident and everything, I, uh, took the time over the, the winter and, you know, when I was in the hospital and recovering, um, Beck Breitling and Andrea Baxter, I sent them a couple of my horses, um, including Lex D who won the five-year-olds. Um, they were horses that I had, you know, planned on putting on the market at the end of the year or kind of going into the following year. So I took that time to send them a couple of horses that they sold for me. Um, and so I, really downsized. So I only have four horses up in my barn right now. Um, we just put up like a temporary 10 stall shed row barn. Um, so there's just four horses. And then I have Frankie's horse here, um, as well, uh, Toto. And, um, my old advanced horse is out in the field, um, with, uh, James Alliston and Helen. I have one of their three-year-olds here. So I have a couple horses like that. Um, And, you know, right now, just being able to ride three or four horses, you know, every day and do it well and feel strong enough to do that is a win for me. Um, I have clients that trailer in for lessons. Um, I don't want to take in or take on anything else here on the property until my barn is built down below. Um, just for where I'm at physically right now, I think I've taken on plenty and I've always been really bad about taking on too much. Um, so this will be a really good, 
uh, life building skill for me to not do that at this exact point in my life. (laughs) Um, so it's definitely teaching me to do that, which is good for me. Um, (laughs) but, um, I do have a couple three and four year olds sitting over in Holland, um, that are being backed and, and all of that. So once my barn is done, those horses will come here and I will continue to do young horses, you know, support the young event horse program here on the West coast, which I love, um, you know, and just bringing those horses up the levels, um, you know, selling some, you know, like I said, as young rider horses or nice young horses, you know, keeping some for myself. Um, you know, it's, it's just, once they get here, there's certain ones that kind of speak to you as, you know, as funny as that sounds. One of the six-year-olds I have right now, when he got off the plane as a four-year-old, he reminded me to a T of a young horse I had that had an accident a few years ago. He was cantering and he barely brushed his ankles together and he ended up shattering his whole ankle. Um, so when this horse got off the plane, um, I, as, as hokey as it can sound, I, I, I knew that legs had come home he was reincarnated and he found his way back to me. And so I just had to keep that one. You know, he, who knows if he's going to be an advanced horse. I I hope he is, Um, you know, but one never knows until they get there. Um, But he just spoke to me. So I had to keep him. (laughs) Um, So I'll continue to do sales once my barn is built. Um, we're actually doing, starting to do clinics. I have Tammy Smith coming this weekend, um, Sunday, Monday, to do a clinic. Um, Holly Bennett will come in August. And Susie Hutchinson is coming up in September. And then Philip Dutton's going to come in October. So being able to you know, bring some great clinicians to Northern California, to Sonoma County. Um, I, you know, definitely want to do that um, and continue to do that next year and to start hopefully doing some schooling shows. You know, we don't have a lot of that out here. You know, it's so common, like in Florida and places like that, where you can go to all kinds of you know, schooling, dressage shows, schooling, you know, jump rounds, stuff like that. And so my hope is, is to start doing some of that here. Um, You know, they finished my outdoor arena. uh, So I'm able to hack down the hill and use that. And my horses are getting used to all the construction and they're currently putting the roof on my indoor and um, putting the beams up in the barn. So there's a whole lot going on. Um, but, but they're used to it, (laughs) you know, and it's great to be able to hack down the hill and ride in my own outdoor arena. So I'm definitely looking forward to when it's all built and done. Um, and in the meantime, just being able to focus on, you know, myself and my recovery and, and all of that, you know, which is a bit of a blessing in disguise right now. I can only imagine what you're going to accomplish when you're able to actually literally focus on like your riding and your program. Cause you know, if, uh, you've been building a barn and rings and all this while recovering. It's, it's, you're, uh, you're, you're Amazing. incredible. You, you really are. <laughs> uh, do you have an affinity for the Dutch horses or do you have connections out there? Like one particular connection or how, what well, it seems like that's your, your go-to. 
Yeah. So I have, um, he's become a good friend. Um, his name is Martin. He actually bred my uh, previous uh, four-star horse, Carry On. Um, he bred him in Holland. And then I actually bought Carry On from Matt Flynn on the East Coast. And Martin and his wife found me on Facebook of all places. And they followed Corey's career um, on Facebook and he reached out and uh, offered to, you know, help me find some horses and come over and meet him. And, and I did. And ever since then, um, you know, I, I buy the majority of my horses come from him. Um, I started buying a lot of them as two and three year olds and they stay there and they back them and start them and they come as four-year-olds and they can walk truck canter and jump a little jump and go to the young event horse. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love that a lot. Well, there you go. There's your connection <laughs> for the Dutch horses. Very cool. Holland. Yeah. I wouldn't mind going to Holland and do some horse well, shopping. Yeah, there's a lot of places we got to go. Take me to Holland. Yeah. No. <laughs> Did you get to meet Chris Ryan when you at the young event horse? Was, was he the judge? Yes. I think um, he was a judge. What was it? Uh, Two years ago, yeah, I think I think, I think it was. I think it was the judge when Lex won, if I'm not mistaken. Last year, I think. It's, I think so. Yes, um, I know Peter Gray was one. He might have just been on the East Coast. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I think we had Peter Gray and oh, I'm trying to think who the female judge. Was it Debbie. Debbie? Debbie Adams. Debbie. Adams. Debbie. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Debbie Adams. She's fantastic yes. too. Yes. Yes. She was great. Yeah. Those, those judges are doing a fantastic mm-hmm. job. So yeah, we, we, sure we have an affinity for, for Chris and you know, so <laughs> Chris is a good guy. He's been going to the show and one of these days we got just reminded me of going to, we got to get to Ireland. Too yes, we do. Chris, another, so. another country. Another, we got to get to. I got to get out of America first. Right. So, Awesome. Well, thank you so much for yeah. sharing all that info. And that's really, really cool. So definitely excited to see what's going to come in the future there. Yes, Karen. definitely. All right. So Amber, we are going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. And quick fire questions is brought to you by Turtleneck. Get your premium horse clothing by going to turtleneck.biz. All right. So you know the show and it's going to be five questions and you don't have to be quick, but... We do have strict grading. Oh, yeah. And Rob's got a new toy, so no. we'll break it out. Oh. <laughs> so be ready. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So favorite rider growing up? Hmm. Well, I think since I grew up in the jumper world, I would have to say Susie Hutchinson. Ooh. She was definitely a big role model and mentor for me growing up and then riding with her and working with her. Good answer. Yeah, very good answer. Strong star, Karen. <laughs> very strong. <laughs> All right. Do you have any superstitions or good luck rituals before you go out cross country? Um, I don't think I necessarily have any superstitions Um, definitely 
if I was wearing a certain pair of breeches or something like that, and it went really well the previous time, I will most likely wear the same exact thing. There you go. Very good. She's a little stitious. (laughs) Just a little stitious. (laughs) Not superstitious, little stitious. (laughs) What is one thing about yourself that most people don't know? Um, I would probably say that I'm completely addicted to going to yoga hell. Um, the studio that I go to, I just, I, I love the atmosphere. I love the classes, you know, the infernal hot Pilates, it's 95 degrees and it, it just makes you mentally tough. You know, when you, you don't think you can do one more squat or one more anything and you, you think you're going to die from heat exhaustion. You just keep going. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I don't know what it is. I just love it. I'm completely addicted to it. That's, hey, it's a good thing to be addicted to. Your uh, yeah, fitness yeah, it's yeah. definitely yeah. worse things to be addicted yeah, no. to. <laughs> yes. And yes. And I, I definitely, I love terrible TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely, the I love comes terrible out. TV. Yeah. What's a, what's a good terrible television show that you would like? Um, have you seen Below Deck? Yes. Oh, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> Mediterranean or what's uh, the other one? Oh, now there's a new hunky captain down under. So, uh, oh, I, like I, I haven't seen the Below Deck down under yet, but the Below Deck Med, the regular Below Deck, and Below Deck Sailing. They're all, yeah. I've seen all the episodes, all the seasons. <gasps> um, it's especially when my husband's deployed. I love terrible TV. <laughs> I, I got to be honest, Below Deck's on here a lot too. Yeah, so, it is. Uh, we can chat about that. Your favorite chef, favorite chief stew, favorite bosun. Who's your, yeah. Who's your favorite captain? captain? Kate. Your, Kate. Kate is definitely my favorite stew. She's hilarious. Oh, God. She gives me heart palpitations. She is a pot stirring son of a gun. So she, whew. I don't think me and Kate would get along. But which <laughs> captain do you like better? Um, uh, I forget their names now. Well, you have Captain Sandy. She's cool. Yeah, Captain Sandy. I don't like the sailing. Captain Sandy. I don't like the sailing. I like um, Captain Glenn does the the sailing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he's probably one of my favorite captains. He seems like the most normal captain. Yes. I think yes. Pretty- I think he's definitely like the most like easygoing you know, like things are black and white with him for sure, but um, he's he's the most kind of go with the flow. Maybe that comes with sailing. I don't know, but um, but I think he's probably my favorite. Gotcha, man. Well, <laughs> I, well that show was just on every weekend. It yep, was, it it was, was. kind of on, on every time I walked in. There was, there was Captain, uh, Captain Sandy. Good answer. All right. So that's bonus points. For yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is one favorite thing you love about eventing the community i definitely love the community it's what for sure drew me to the event world um you know the horsemanship the the fact that you know when when something happens you know like my accident the community that that rallied around me um was huge you know, and you, when you're headed to the box and everybody tells you, you know, have a great ride, you know, be safe, have fun, you know, all of that. It's, it's just the, the whole village and community that is the event world. Yeah. 
Yeah. That is awesome. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. All right. So last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Well, I would probably have to go with um, my inner child. So again, back to the the jumper world. Um, the big horse growing up was Richard Spooner had a horse named Robinson that he won everything in California. Um, I remember at Indio, it's thermal now, the big circuit at the beginning of the year. Um, but at Indio, he had hurt his leg and he jumped around the Grand Prix with no stirrups and won. <laughs> and it was, it was amazing. Um, so, so probably Robinson, I'd have to go with my inner child. <laughs> there you go. Very good. I wrote that horse up. I did not know that I, yeah, I have to look him up. Well, Karen. Well. A plus plus. A plus plus. What do you get? <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> The new toy. The new toy. We're in a new studio, by the way. So anyone who knows, we, we, we moved. The progression of the show has moved. Now yes. we're into, we, we made a new studio. and Can we do new, something, one, one thing different? What do you want to do? Can you, can you do a dad joke? No, I don't have a dad joke. I cannot just, <laughs> I am not your dancing <laughs> monkey. Because <laughs> we got to do the other noise, another noise. You go ahead and do another noise. I, I don't have anything to say. I'm not going to be the bun of your jokes. <laughs> she's walking behind me in the house playing that every time i say something she just does that it's very not hurtful true. it's not hurtful. true she's just walking around doing that uh. ha! there you go <laughs> all right enough of that it's enough of that, that. uh so amber do you have any advice for either that young rider or even that amateur who wants to try to make it in this sport I would say, you know, to look at the big picture is great, but if you just look day to day and just keep chipping away at it, you know, when you start to feel like you're getting a little bit frustrated, just remind yourself, you know, where were you yesterday? Where were you last week? You know, where were you a year ago? You know, just constantly keeping it in perspective, I think is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent answer. Yeah. Very good advice. Excellent. Yep. I love it. So uh, I think we've said it all, Karen. <laughs> so we should probably start winding this thing down a little bit. But I just wanted to, um, you know, as we start to wind things down, we always ask about, um, that's been, there's been so much good information here. And I just got to say thank you again before we kind of start winding things down because those are great, inspiring story. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you make me, I, 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 uh, I feel... I feel like I don't work out enough. I mean, she's working out all the time. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm back at the gym, but I still don't feel like it's enough. But you're a very inspiring person. And I think that you have a great attitude and a great work ethic. And I just want to say before I forget that, that I, I think thank you so much for sharing so much because it's you're definitely a, a pretty special person. I think you're 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 definitely you're way too good a person to be some hunter rider. You know, you're definitely inventor <laughs> oh, material. There he goes. <laughs> definitely inventor material. Uh, so, but like, as we wind things down, let's talk about sponsors, supporters, team members. You mentioned a couple people, but uh, let's let's hash it all out. Who do you have behind you? We love to hear. We love to hear all about just wh- whoever's behind you. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, my good friend Libby. Um, for the last several years, she's gone to, you know, all the major 
events with me. Um, you know, and she very much saw me through this whole journey that I've been on. You know, she was there when my accident happened and she then, you know, took care of my barn and my horses and, you know, her with another gal that lives here on the property, Hillary, they took my dogs and, um, you know, got, got our house ready for when I was coming home. Um, you know, she was here for me every day when I wanted to get on my horse, you know, in my leggings and my paddock boots up in the round pen. Um, so she has been, uh, just a, a huge friend, you know, backer support, just everything for me. Um, and Gracie, who again was there for the accident, she was there last weekend, um, when I was able to cross the finish line and, um, take a big deep breath and, you know, took care of the barn and, and horses and just everything for me, um, you know, for, for the, the last little bit, but especially, you know, during my accident and everything, um, you know, my, my farrier, my vet, you know, just everybody took care of everything for me while I was down. Um, you know, my husband, <laughs> um, for, you know, coming home from Kuwait and, taking care of me and, uh, just, you know, doing literally everything. Um, you know, my, my poor mom, <laughs> um, having to live in the hospital with me and, you know, go through all the surgeries and, you know, she definitely lived through it way more than I did. Um, and was absolutely amazing for every single step of the way. Um, you know, and like I said, Voltaire, you know, Chloe with Voltaire bringing me a saddle stand and a saddle so that I could, you know, mount my horse in the living room every day and, you know, feel what it would feel like to sit in a saddle and regain my balance and all of that. Um, you know, finish line, they make fabulous, uh, products from shampoo to liniment to just, they, they do everything. Um, and Naughty Horse Products, uh, they are a great, uh, shine spray and detangler. Um, it smells amazing. <laughs> um, I've definitely used it on my own hair in the jog as well. I will have to say, um, and, uh, Coat Defense, they make absolutely amazing products, uh, dogs, horses, all of it. Um, and APF. Auburn Labs, they have been huge with helping with my recovery as well. Sending uh, Adaptafuel, which is the, the human version of APF, um, and continuing to encourage me, you know, Amber, take it, take it, it'll help you a ton. Um, so I would be nowhere, you know, not just with rotting, but through this whole journey I've been on without, you know, the support of sponsors and friends and, and just all of it. Um, and, uh, Mark Grandia from Washington, he's a good friend. I talked to him a ton, um, when I was in the hospital and recovering and he was down here, uh, to look at a horse of mine. And I said, great, I want a cross country school and you have to be there to hold my hand. <laughs> so he's, uh, and he, he was down at twin and came to warm up with me and, uh, you know, just, just to have that, that extra reassurance, um, you know, somebody looking out for you is huge. Him and, uh, John Camlin from up in Washington, they've been huge with, 
my recovery and uh, just on on this whole journey and my riding that I've been on. I can't thank all of them enough. Mm. That is awesome. Yeah. Super. Hey, your husband, he was in Kuwait. Is what uh is civilian military? What's what's going on? What's your husband do? He's National Guard. He's a major in the National Guard. So he does logistics for an airborne unit right now. Um, so it was at the tail end of his deployment. He was supposed to be gone for eleven months. Oh so I think uh November last year was nine months. So he just missed the tail end of his deployment, um, in order to come home to help me. Um, but yeah, and now he's home and it's, it's been really nice to get to see him and everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's awesome. God bless him for, for doing that. Kuwait, another place I want to visit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a civilian capacity, not in a military capacity. Yes. Yes. Fair enough. <laughs> I did serve when I was in the Marines with a few Kuwaitis, but I yes, did it in the did. States, not overseas, but, um, that's, you know, it's not about me, Karen. So, no, so, <laughs> so hey, as we so please send our best to your husband for 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 serving our country. Uh, could you uh, also let us know how do people follow along the journey, the farm, the barn, the whole thing? Are you are you are you uh, are you sharing pictures on social media and stuff about the barns going up, or how do people follow along? Yes, I um, definitely uh, try and post stuff on my Instagram about clinics, about the construction. Um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're actually in the works right now of doing a website. Um, it'll be sellerfarm.com. Um, but, but right now it's seller farm on Instagram or Amber Burtzel on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and I try and share stuff through there. You know, it's, it's super exciting, especially at this stage in the construction, it looks different every day, you know, versus when they're, digging trenches and doing underground work and filling it in. Um, you don't see a whole lot, but when they actually start putting a roof on a building, you see a whole lot. And it's really exciting to, you know, be gone for a couple of days at a show and come home and, you know, they put sides on the indoor, they're halfway done with the roof. So it, it's super fun. That's awesome. So exciting. Very cool. And I, I kind of, yes. until you just said that, we said, oh, we're gone for a couple of days for a show, but that's how it is in California. Yeah. You're, it's, yeah. there's no, there's very little day show there, right? Yes, it's definitely, it's much more of a commitment to, I'm going to Twin Rivers. <laughs> you know, it's four and a half, five hours away, you know, pack everybody up, dogs, horses, you know, food, everything. And, and you get in the truck and you drive. <laughs> Sounds kind of fun. Though, then you're um, you all know, camping it, out, barbecuing and stuff. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's super fun. <laughs> We gotta get to California, Karen. We, we do. <laughs> There's a lot of places we need to go. Where, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing sitting in this house? We need to get on the road. We need to get on the road here. So, well, thank you again, also to 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 you, but obviously, but uh, you know, for Frankie and Athletics for helping set this mm -hmm. up, which we always appreciate that, and uh, you know, all of our media friends out there that that help us uh, get great guests like you. So, thank you so much to, to her. So, Karen, was this fantastic? This was great. So great. Uh, had a great time. I had a wonderful time. Yeah. Amber, it was so great to get to know you. And when we're coming to California, <laughs> watch out, watch out. Cause you're <laughs> going to meet us and you might regret it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should totally come visit. We've got a spare guest room and Sonoma County is 
absolutely stunning. Petaluma, you know, your Russian River Valley, right in the heart of wine country. Yeah. Mm. I think I could do a little. Yeah, we could do that. I could do a little <laughs> bit of wine, wine drinking. Rare form Robbie comes out when oh, I get drinking wine. Yeah, watch out. Look out. <laughs> watch out for rare form Robbie. I don't drink that much these days, but. I don't really get tipsy too often, but every once in a while, every once in it a while, it happens. It happens accidentally with wine. It's, it sneaks up on you. So let's do it. Let's, let's do it. go. You're going to regret let's that go. one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. When's Rob leaving? When's Rob leaving? We never guess from back. <laughs> There's empty wine bottles everywhere. So awesome. Well, Amber, thank you again for being yeah, our guest. This is really you. fantastic. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Eventing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Eventers, on Facebook. Cheers! Cheers!